You're listening to Fireside Chats Without the Fires podcast, where customer experience enthusiasts are inspired by our weekly CX practitioners and thought leaders who share their insights and knowledge. And now, here are your hosts, Neil Toff and Paul Catherall. Today is the day we get to interview the CX hero of so many of our guests. We have him live. Not only do we get to interview him, we get to share a wonderful announcement that he has. We have the one and only Brad Cleveland together with Brad Cleveland. Thank you for being part of Fireside Chats Without the Fires. Thank you so much, Neil. It's really great to be here. And hi, Paul. I, I am a fan. I'm a fan of the podcast and it's such a privilege to join you guys today. Thank you. Paul, so you better say it fast. Because I'm about to say it because I know I know what I'm feeling today, but go ahead, say it. Because I think I think you can keep going up for both. Today we are I am buzzing. This is gonna be amazing. Can't wait to get to it. All right. Here it is, ladies and gentlemen, members of the audience. We have Brad Cleveland. Brad Cleveland. For those that are not yet following him, you need to be following him. You need to read his books. We're going to talk about books in a second. Brad is the principal of the Brad Cleveland Company. He is the author, speaker, consultant, and senior advisor for ITMI, which is personally how I know Brad and how many of us know him through his work, through his uh, authorship, his thought leadership in ITMI. Uh, as is becoming a really great pattern here at Fireside Chats Without the Fires, not only do we have great guests, we have great guests to come on and share announcements and share the first day or first initial beginnings of some really important things. What we're going to talk about through the beginning portion of this podcast is Brad's new book. He's got an amazing new book. I've read it. I recommend it. Everybody, read it. Don't think twice about it. If you're in CX, you need to get this book. Leading the customer experience, how to chart a course and deliver outstanding results. Brad, tell us about the book. Uh, it's uh, out, it's out, available, it's just, just published. Tell us a little bit for those that have not yet heard or seen the news or know where to get it yet. Yeah, thanks so much. Well, customer experience is a, you know, as a topic has been out there for, for years and, and there's been a flood of consultants and books and research and, and, a, and a lot of it's been very good, very helpful. I felt like things were becoming somewhat removed from the broader organization, you know, it's almost been a victim of its own success, customer experience, tools have grown up, metrics, terms, acronyms, and they can, they can become insular. They can, they can almost keep people um, one step removed versus inclusive. And I wanted to put my hand up and say, Hey, customer experience is everybody's role. Everybody needs to understand it. Everybody needs to engage with it. Um, and so this book is an effort to simplify, to create a, a guidebook. You know, here's what has to be in place to get it right. Do it your own way. It's a unique journey for every organization. But let's make this accessible for anybody and everybody in any role. That was that was the real intent of the book. One of the things I really like about the book is the guidebook portion of your description. There is a description of your experience, and then you offer ideas how to do this, what should be done. One of the things, by the way, I love that you've mentioned is uh, that this is not a you know do it all by next Monday. This is a process. Uh, I don't think you use these words. This is a marathon, not a sprint. 
but this is a, a, a long-term course of action, and the different recommendations you make in each segment of the chapters, I think it's just so relevant. I think that's one great thing that distinguishes your book from so many others that have been just exploding in the CX field in general. Yeah, well, thanks very much for that. And yeah, customer experience is a, it's a way of life. It's not a, it's not a program. It's not a, an initiative with a, an end date. It's something that's got to become a part of, you know, who we are as an organization and, and how we think and how we do things at, at every level. So, so we're going to spend some time talking about, about the book. The book. And then we'll save a little bit of time at the end of today's session. Uh, we'll talk kind of just general CX, community-wide, industry-wide. Uh, we're going to tap into that a little bit. But let's go back to the book. Who is this book created for and what are the themes? Yeah, so it's really for any role. The, the title is Leading the Customer Experience. So you'd think uh, the leader, the leadership team of the Customer Experience Initiative. but. But the idea behind this book is to create uh, an understanding of what customer experience is. And yes, it needs an owner, but everyone needs to feel ownership in customer experience. So to make that th the principles understandable and the journey understandable to anybody, you can lead a team and you can be the catalyst for change in a division or a team or a specific part of the organization or you might be the chief customer officer, the CEO, or someone that really runs the whole shoot and match. Um, in in uh, any of those cases, my hope is this, this book helps put customer experience in context and, and make it accessible. Love it. So frontline employee, an agent in the contact center, from an analyst all the way up to C-level. Doesn't matter if you're in the US, North America, you're in Europe, you're in Asia, you're in Latin America, Latam, Africa. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. These lessons apply to everyone. That's right. Business to business, business to consumer, customer experience principles um, are are important in any of those environments. So with the explosion of CX, people can easily get bogged down and worried and, and, and anxious. Where the heck do I start? So I'm going to ask you that question. Where do you yeah. start? Great question. I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. I was, and this was just before COVID closed things down, but I was sitting in the back of a, a convention center, a, a big conference room, convention center. And this organization had brought a, a large cross section of employees together for a one day, you know, rah, rah on, on let's focus on the customer. And, and they, they, um, launched a customer experience initiative that afternoon. I was a speaker that morning. It was a lot of fun, great organization. And, and they invited me to stay around for the rest of the day. And I listened to the, the, the rest of the sessions and a lot of fun. One of the sessions near the end of the day, just before the last coffee break, was two people who were leading the customer experience initiative that they were launching. And they had lots of slides, lots of metrics they covered. They, they used acronyms like NPS and CES and uh, CSAT and, and showed graphs and principles and 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 they did a great job. They packed in a lot of information. So we're heading to coffee and I'm the first out the door. I'm sitting in the back of the room and I could hear two people quietly talking to each other just behind me. And one whispers to the other, did you get all of that? The other said, not really. I just hope it doesn't add a lot of work because we are swamped right now. I'm thinking, oh no, that somehow they, they didn't pull them in. What was missing? And, and I'm convinced it was vision. You, know, you don't hear Richard Branson talking about net promoter score. It's important to him. You don't hear him talking about it. You don't hear Elon Musk talking about customer effort score. 
It's important to him. They measure it. He, he's not out there rallying the troops around customer effort score. Um, Mother Teresa didn't talk about customer satisfaction. So we, we've got to we've got to create a vision that pulls people in, and I'm convinced that's where we've got to start. And, and quite honestly, I used to probably give vision kind of short service. I I always knew it was important, certainly important in organizations that I had the opportunity to lead. But I it probably yeah, kind of give it quick service. And yeah, yeah, vision. Let's get that right. Good. It is really, really important. I mean, we really need everybody on the same page and to know where we're going. So I'd start with vision. Isn't that great? I was the one who used to say that the vision, mission statement, vision statement, those are the things that they give you on day one of the HR induction or introduction when you start employment, wherever in your company. And you never hear about it ever again. It doesn't matter. It's just a, it's the beginning chapter of the manual, right? Yeah. I also found out, no, it's really valuable. It's important. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us this. We who practice CX, we're in the thick of it. We know it's important. But why is there resistance? There could be resistance in the seat. The CEO, the chairman, the CFO, maybe even the VP of operations who doesn't give a sort of, you know, what about it? Why could there possibly resistance to CX? Oh, that's a great question. And I think one I think one thing is that CX has become a victim of its own success. You know, it's become a profession with lots of acronyms and terms. And I think a lot of a lot of folks feel like I'm not quite in that profession. I need to let the profet we, we need to have the professionals run with this. And and that's not CX. CX is the organization. It's all of us. So I think there's a little resistance in that sense. We also hear CX fails. I mean, you, you hear the numbers. 70% fail, 70% of these initiatives. I, I 93% is the number I saw a while back. Uh, and that's silly. You know, if, if, if our customer experience initiative doesn't work, what are we, what are we going to do? Not do customer experience? I mean, that, that's not an answer. That just doesn't make sense. So we hear it fails. Um, and, and, and I think we have leaders who wonder, um, is it worth it? Should I put my credibility at risk? Or maybe I don't have the authority. I'm not CEO or I'm not chief customer officer and I don't run the whole shoot and match. So um, how do I work across these functional areas? We've got to break that down in our organizations. You, know, you can be a catalyst for change and a key part of this effort wherever you are and whatever your leadership role. So I, I think breaking down some of that fear and that resistance is, is so important. So you spend a lot of time talking about leadership and the first word in the book title is leading the customer experience. You talk a lot in the book, core leadership team. Explain that a little bit more. What is a core leadership team? Why does it matter? Yeah, customer experience is, is everything. It's product, it's services, it's promises, it's processes. It's really what, what the neighbor whispers across the fence to a prospect or another customer. It's it, it's our brand promise, the, the, the feelings that our customers and prospects have about us. So it's everything. So we need a we need a team to lead this effort. We we need a core team that has responsibility, but we need every person. You know, a core team that really has ownership. Let's put it that way. But we need everyone to have a sense of ownership because it takes all of us. So it can't be 
a siloed effort. It can't be a, a team that that becomes calcified and 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 is not including the, the broader organization. One thing that you also talk about in the book, and I got to say, we all get banged over the head about this. We talk about this, you see on LinkedIn, you see it in the best practices. We talk about best practices, one of the most abused terms in, in business, best practices, communication. Why is communication important in CX? Yeah, well, that's a great question. I have a neighbor, um, neighbor and friend, his name is Josh Lewitt, and he's a, a sports announcer for the Boston Red Sox and the UCLA Bruins. And he's got this long history of um, collegiate and professional announcing. He's, he's great at it. He, he, can bring, he can bring any game to life. It can be boring or lopsided. He, he brings it to life. And when COVID hit, all the announcers were sitting around wondering, what, what do we do now? You know, how do we keep our skills sharp? So they came up with this little friendly competition where they would announce the mundane. So if you Google, uh, if you do a search for Josh Lewin um, Taquito, you'll, you'll find a story in the LA Times of Josh announcing a Taquito cooking in his microwave. 15 seconds, 14, 13, the wife, the dog, we're coming down to the final folks. It's the funniest thing ever. And and it crossed my mind what, you know, if, if, if these guys can make um, the mundane interesting, can the rest of us bring our customer experience reports to life a little better? We, we bury people in data. You know, we, we know the story is important, but somehow we bury people with all kinds of data and, and, and PowerPoint slides and that sort of thing. Can we just bring it to life? And, and you bet we can't, we learn, we, we learn this, at a very young age, you know, we'd come back after summer vacation and wide-eyed tell each other about our adventures over the summer. And and we can do this. And, and we've got to do that as, as CX professionals. We've got to bring these stories to life. The way you just described that, I hope one day we'll get described, Paul and I will be described as bringing some life into the CX podcast realm. That was exciting. I don't know if we were that good yet. Oh, no, you guys are good. terrific. Hopefully we are. You, you got it nailed. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, but you're right. The, the energy is such an important part of the communication. It's, it's, it, it brings people in. It's charismatic. Or the opposite, if it's not done well, it can turn people off and bores them. Yeah. Something that a lot of us want to hear about. I'm one of these. I'm raising my hand. I'm, I'm jumping in. I'm guilty of this one. Metrics. I stress about reporting, benchmarking, comparison. Is that all for the birds? Uh, not for the. I would put it that way, but we're getting it wrong. We're getting it wrong, and I'm I'm a little um, counterculture on this one, I suppose, because the the, the CX profession talks at great length and studies at great length, net promoter score and customer effort score and all kinds of flavors of customer satisfaction. And guess what? Those are, those are results. What are the, it's, it's the layer of metrics below those high level KPIs that really matter. You know, those metrics may be the scoreboard, but we got to go out and win the game. So what are those metrics? Um, what's, what's workload demand look like, you know, how, how are we matching it with the right supply in our organizations? How engaged are, are our employees, um, innovation? How's that going? All of those things 
are far more important, one can argue, than net promoter score because they're what create ultimately the net promoter score we're seeing. There's a great story I'm searching for it as you're talking. I believe it's in chapter one. It's one of the stories of an organization I believe that you were consulting for. And there was a uh, very great variance between the frontline employees. There were those, like more of them, who were within range of the AHP. Great. They were doing well in terms of the established metric. Their AHP was was in line with expectations. Wonderful. They were probably making the VP of ops or the COO and certainly the CFO happy because my guess is the cost per call was where it was supposed to be. Wonderful. Yeah. But then there's always the lone wolf. The, that one guy or gal who's talking so darn much that he's talking twice as much. But what did you find in your share? By the way, that guy was doing probably about twice a better of a job in terms of satisfying customers. I love this story because this is the crux of what so many of us, I'm in the BPO world, we deal with this all the time of clients that are banging us over the head. You've got to be within HT. You've got to be within the HT. You've got to cut it out by 14 and a half seconds to get within metrics. You've got to be aligned. I'd rather be the guy that you highlighted that is talking twice as much, but still satisfying customers and allowing the customers to remain loyal and staying within the hopeful goal of customer lifetime value. Tell us a little bit about that. Am I crazy? I mean, the lone wolf thing, I just heard me talk about counterculture. I like to be a little counterculture in this one, but is counterculture really healthy in this conversation about metrics? Well, even the CFO turned out to love this, the end result of this experience they went through. Yeah, this is a support center in Toronto I worked with a while back. And this one guy had a 20, 22 minute average handling time. It's technical sports. So these are longer calls, great software products they had. And everybody else was eight or 10, somewhere in there, 10 or 12, I think it was. And uh, this is where customer experience can die in the trenches. And if you're thinking, oh, that's customer service, that's not customer experience, bear with me for just a moment. So their director's wondering, yeah, we, we, if everyone had this handling time, we would go broke. I mean, it would cost us a fortune to run this support center. So she took a step that I thought was very wise. She had every, she had a few people, including the guy with the long handling time, uh, flowchart a typical contact, customer contact. And uh, she put them in a conference room with some index cards and had them just write each step on an index card. She, she disappeared for a couple hours, came back, and they had there, was, there, there were these branches of cards. They had most of this call flow charted. And she said, what did you guys learn? Um, she asked. And one guy um, jumped in and said, I, I'm not going through some of the same steps that others are. And I, this could create a, a repeat call. So I, I, I want to tighten this up a little bit. Someone else, the, the person with the long handling time said, yeah, I, I think I'm probably going above and beyond. We've got such great software. I want to tell them about it. They love it. And he, by the way, had all these customer emails printed out and, and tacked to his, his uh, walls. It, you know, thanks for the great job. Um, so if anyone were to say, you're, you, we, you know, put a lid on it, pal, you're taking too long. You'd say, yeah, but this is what we're about, right? So they had the information they need to 
make some decisions about what they do in a support contact and then what should maybe be one step higher and and really handled at a process level so i came back some months later and his handling time was down with the others kind of in a typical range but he was involved in these cross-functional efforts like um you know videos on youtube explaining features and their knowledge base that that customers and employees had access to and product improvements efforts and i remember he was just glowing he's like yeah now, now we're helping everybody not just those that con that contact us and not just those i'm serving and that's where customer service turns into customer experience when we're taking that know-how and building better processes building better products you know building better information that is customer experience that's cross-functional so customer experience can live or die in the trenches make sure it's alive and well but the, this is a perfect segue into another question i want to ask you so part of this chapter is about the discussion between the employees the employee who has the 2x average handle time participated in that exercise and i believe that they shared secrets of how they get within average handle time how they resolve certain situations what's really important is there there is that the employees collaborated together and that goes towards i believe employee engagement or as some others like your Bernie Stern, he spent a lot of time in the book talking about this. Employee experience. We can't talk about EX without talking about EX and doing a good job in EX. Without good EX, employee experience, there is no customer experience. I think that's what you're saying in your book. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, the chapters are laid out that way. You know, chapter one goes into vision, but chapter two is employee experience it's the anything i've seen probably anything you guys have seen anything our listeners have seen and certainly the research backs this up employee experience is the foundation for customer experience and and so we've got to get that right um and and then we can move on to what are we trying to do from a customer experience perspective our employees need to feel ownership to our vision and, and their purpose in, in that vision and the impact that we're having on ultimately our customers and, and their well-being. There's a nice, There's a nice segment, segment in the book about measuring those experiences. I think I you refer to it as employee engagement. engagement. I think you can even offer a formula in there. And there's also There's discussion about employee net promoter score, ENPS. Uh, I think there's reference to that. Is that the That's best the way best to way get, get feedback? feedback? I, I recommend a, a number of alternatives. Um, something like uh, ENPS is great. You, you've got a, a, a baseline, then you can track it. You know, some sort of formal approach at measuring employee engagement. Terrific. Um, but management by walking around, that's not what has been around forever. It's not going away. You know, having conversations, having orga organic conversations. I like stay interviews, um, a twist on exit interviews for those that leave. You know, why why do you stay with us? What what's working for you? And be very powerful input. Um, short pulse surveys are terrific. A lot of those in, in the last year as services evolved so so quickly. So um, I I would a look at um a number of those channels use a number of those those methods to get feedback from employees and b i would include it in 
the overall voice of the customer effort. We think of voice of the customers just being focused on customers, but the, the things that are frustrating our customers and the things that are working well for our customers are in most cases the exact same things that are not working well or, or are working really well for our employees. We'll hear much the same story. So include um, voice of the employee with your voice of the customer effort. You make reference to uh, walking around. Man, I, that resonated with me. I, I fallen in the trap of thinking that walking around is going to give me familiarity with what the heck is going on in the front lines. And I think I am guilty of the same story that you tell about the employees that you overheard in one of your uh, engagements with one of your, your clients. Sharing experience about what a buffoon the boss was who was walking around. That's my one, by the way, buffoon. But it made me think like, wow, did I do that? Have I done that? You made me rethink this thing completely. It's not effective, is it? Or at least not the way most of us have probably done. Yeah, yeah. And of course, walking around is figuratively speaking these days when we're still stuck behind video in most cases. But yeah, get, get out there and, and get the real story firsthand. So, so he, here's, here's we start to wind down the discussion of the book. Uh, I love, I already mentioned, I love metrics. I love ideas of what am I going to measure and how am I going to benchmark. Many of us also like takeaways, like top five, the bestseller list, the, the ranking, whatever. Some of us want to know, can you give us a couple tips, a couple takeaways to improve the experience? Something simple that we can go to our bosses with, go to our teams with and say, wow. I really glean something from Brad. What would those couple tips be? Well, one is we hear a lot, and it's true, that customer service isn't customer experience. It's not the same thing. But we can make those involved in customer service you know, feel a couple inches high. Like, my goodness, uh, am I no more important than that? You're absolutely involved in customer experience. So define customer experience. It's all, it's everybody's role. Um, give everybody ownership in, in how they directly support. I don't care if they're in finance or accounting or in the shipping area or, or in the contact center, where they are, everybody's got a role that directly supports customer experience. So define it and, and give everybody a, a good understanding um, with their collaboration. They'll tell you a lot about their role and what they're seeing what is their role in customer experience? So create a culture around customer experience. And, and every, every decision, every process uh, improvement, every, you know, every technology decision ought to be geared around um, where do we want to go with customer experience? That's true north. It's not going away. The terms may fade someday. We've seen a lot of terms come and go. You know, re-engineering and CRM and all these terms over the past few decades, customer experience isn't going to be out there forever. You know, some, something new will come along and, and we'll, we'll all, you know, get, get our arms around it and, and it'll be um, something we, we, we talk about and gravitate towards. But the principles of customer experience, whatever the terms, are not going away. So instill those principles in your organization and, and see good things happen. Wonderful. Final question about the book. There are some of us who are beginners. There's some of us that are somewhere in the middle of this so-called journey. Some of us think we're really advanced. We really got our you-know-what together. We got our ducks in a row, our six ducks in a row. 
Does it depend yeah. on where you are in the journey, on where you start your book? Very good question. Um, I suppose it would. There, there are the books laid out in a very left brain sense, like a like a guidebook. Start with vision, and then chapter two is employee experience, and chapter three is voice of the customer, and chapter four is harnessing customer service, and five is telling stories, and so forth. Um, some of those you may have well in hand. So my hope is that you could you could look at the table of contents. You could look at it. We've got a, a a summary of all the recommendations behind the last chapter uh, on a couple of pages that you could just quickly look at, at this, this whole process and, and know where you are, you know, what, what areas are strong and, and what areas need attention and jump in where you, where you most need to jump in. Now, I would love for you to carve out the time to read the whole darn book front to back um, and, and just uh, start implementing the steps one after another, build that culture Perfect. Um, is that going to happen? I doubt it in every case. So, you know, we've all got time pressures and I, I uh, would love uh, for the book to be useful if you were to jump into a specific area that you know you need to, you know, to strengthen. As we conclude this portion of the conversation about the book, many of us are probably jumping at the opportunity. Where do I get it? Is the easy answer go to Amazon? Is it go to your website? Where can people get the book? Yeah, so it's just coming out now. It's um, the publisher is Kogan Page, and they're based in London, so they released it in the UK um, earlier this month, and um, it's uh, coming out here in the US uh, late May. And um, yeah, you should be able to find it any, anywhere you find fine books. Is the, <laughs> the the saying goes out there. Amazon's an easy source. Uh, electronic. So there's a, uh, there's, the, a Kindle, uh, certainly, there's a Kindle there's, edition. There's Kindle also edition. Be a hard copy. Yep, there's a hard copy. There's uh, in fact they they shipped me uh, as of yesterday. I had the actual uh, printed book in my hand. There's a hard copy that that's priced really high. It's primarily for libraries. Most will probably want the um, the the soft cover um, printed book that's probably the easiest to use if you're uh, an electronic you know kindle fan or something there there, there are those versions as well brad, brad it is, it is uh, a, a privilege, privilege and pleasure to talk with you about the book the episode is over but the conversation continues please rate and review us in apple podcasts post a comment and subscribe to stay on the leading edge of customer experience to get in touch or be a guest, follow us on Twitter at ChatsFires or on LinkedIn or in your podcast repository of choice. Thank you.